0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the planet today. Today is Monday, April 4th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here once again with our producer and co-host, Nick Janusa. Nick, how's it going? Matt, it is going so well over here, my dude. I am fired up.
1: We're about to talk about a pretty great documentary.
0: Yeah, I am also fired up for different reasons. We're recording this in advance, but I'm going to guess that the race that I ran yesterday, April 3rd, went great. Um, And I'm also going to guess that I enjoyed watching WrestleMania because I am trash. And that was this weekend.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm also going to assume that I had a great weekend.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go out and say we did have great weekends. No more assumptions. I know that our weekends are going to be great just like this episode, which we're about to get into (laughs) right now. Welcome to the planet today. Here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. This show is your one-stop shop for all things environmental, whether you're just diving into a green lifestyle or you're ready for some more involved conversations about what can be some complex topics. TPT has a little bit for everyone, so we're happy to have you as a listener.
1: Yes, and like we say every show, go rate
0: the show on Apple and Spotify. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And with that, let's talk about Kiss the Ground on Netflix. The Netflix description of the film says, Science experts and celebrity activists unpack the ways in which the Earth's soil may be the key to combating climate change and preserving the planet. IMDb describes it as a revolutionary group of activists, scientists, farmers and politicians band together in a global movement of regenerative agriculture that could balance our climate, replenish our vast water supplies and feed the world.
1: The film is written and directed by Joshua Tickle and Rebecca Harrell Tickle. Johnny O'Hara also wrote the film and it stars Woody Harrelson. So now let's get into our discussion questions. So why did we choose this
0: documentary? This documentary to me seemed like a documentary about hope in the face of this great challenge that we're facing, which is climate change. And it presented a different type of solution that I really didn't know enough about. Um, Also, you know, we mentioned this last month, having a celebrity narrator that you're familiar with is cool. So Woody Harrelson's Mm. awesome. Figured it would be cool to listen to what he was saying. Yep, great voice, uh, especially like
1: farmers like we're talking farmers we're talking the plains regions woody harrelson's got a great
0: voice for that he nailed it he did a great job what's the first thing that comes to mind for you when you think of woody harrelson true detective yeah that that would normally be it but i recently re re-watched the hunger games with kaylee and uh i think hunger games is the first thing i think of with woody harrelson now really wow you know what's funny i literally forgot that he was in that yeah yeah he's
1: uh
0: oh my god i forget the guy's name uh oh he's got the sick head of hair doesn't he they all have like awesome hair and costumes in that movie. (laughs) Anyway, with all of our documentaries, we want to watch something that's relevant and is going to continue to become increasingly relevant. So the next question is Nick, why is this one important? Because climate change is the
1: end all be all. And if we don't actually figure out a way to combat it, then our children and their children and so on and so forth will have completely different lives than the ones we live right now. So figuring out ways to combat it is is massive.
0: Yeah, it's like we we have this major like big boss to put it in like a video game term where you know you have all these different subplots, but this is the big conflict and it's daunting and it's tough to grapple. Yeah. And Woody sums it up best in the beginning. The truth is I've given up and chances are you have too. There's probably a lot of people out there that heard that and were like, yeah, I get it. And for me, this documentary is about understanding that, yeah, a lot of us feel awful about climate change and for good reason, but it's not like all hope is lost. And this documentary about healthier soils having this domino effect of planetary health, I found to be very encouraging and I hope other people who watched it did as well because soil erosion is a major issue. And Woody Harrelson at one point says that unless we fix that, we only have like 60 harvests left and i don't know what kind of prediction that's based on or if there was you know a range of values and they were saying hey it's 60 to 100 but say 60 make it more dramatic for the film either way unless we start to get healthier soils globally it is going to get much harder to feed our growing population and lower agricultural emissions and i think this documentary really touched on all of that in a pretty easy to digest way
1: yeah definitely and it was it did a great job of like just Explaining everything very in simple terms, I would say, and like, and also just giving visual aid when needed too. So for someone like me, who's like not, you know, up to,
0: you're not a technical scientist.
1: Yeah. I'm not a technical scientist. I don't, this is not what I do for a living. Um, it made it very easy to understand and, and also very interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I definitely agree with what you're saying there. Like it's more engaging when they can simplify complex topics and, I think having someone like Woody Harrelson narrate it, as opposed to you know the lead scientists in a research paper describing it, it makes it a lot more digestible because he's just going off what people smarter than him are telling him. So yeah, you know it's not it's not like he has the ability to really get up there and say here is the hard science behind this. It's like hey Woody, here's what's going on, and here's how I would explain it to you, and then he goes all right, here's how I would explain that to however many people are watching this. And it's that trickle down fe- effect where it starts to make more sense.
1: Yeah, agreed. All right, so what were some important environmental takeaways that we had?
0: I loved the quote they said at one point, erosion is when soil becomes dirt because I always have a hard time when people talk about like, oh, there's the dirt underneath the grass compared to the soil. And I thought that this was the first time where someone's kind of, simplified it to a point where i'm like oh yeah soil and dirt are different (laughs) yeah Um, and and it was interesting when they brought up erosion how they were talking about like empires vanishing to dust as their soils erode because people ran out of food and you know they showed there was one scene where it was like a helmet um, with a skeleton under it and i forget what empire they were talking about but yeah, it's like you think about these great empires that have all fallen in the past, like whether it's Rome, Greece, whatever, they all eventually fell. And it's interesting to think of that as just a yeah, they ran out of food and people got pissed and then they got taken over.
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a much simpler way of looking at it, and, and it's true, honestly. And this this documentary really showed me the importance of soil and and the role that it plays in our society and in our world. And it's insane yes. how powerful it really is when it comes down to it. Cause when you think about it, well, soil is making your food. And if we don't have the, the correct soil and we just have dust, then it's, you know, we're not going to make enough food and we're, we're not going to, we're not going to live on this earth for too much longer.
0: Yeah. And soil is a part of everything. Like everything has soil below it. And you know, you brought up dust The film brought up the Dust Bowl, which was caused by farmers overtilling the Great Plains and leaving the soil exposed, which happened here in America, like our country that you and I are recording from. So it's not like tilling and turning it into eroded soil that eventually just becomes dirt and dust is just a problem of the past for ancient empires like that happened here to us. Yeah. And it's
1: and it's still happening. Like people are still tilling their land. And that was actually one of the uh, that was one on my list here for uh, environmental takeaways is tilling is the devil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's it's not the devil in the sense that like all tilling is bad. It's just I guess there's methods of tilling that are that are better better than others. And I think we're probably going to get into that a little bit later. But
0: yeah, I guess the main problem here was just over tilling where all they're doing is just essentially like degrading the soil. And sure, you get a harvest. And sure, it's easier or more convenient or whatever, but it's not going to regenerate the soil as healthily or as quickly as, you know, better practices would. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought something else that was cool was um, they had some people from the Natural Resources Conservation Service, and they basically went on this educational tour to talk about how tilling's bad and taking care of the soils that take care of the plants and the animals and the water and how everything is connected And another thing that connected within that talk related to farming was toxic chemicals and how stuff like pesticides create this feedback loop where sprays kill bacteria. So the soil starts relying on spraying, but then the spraying further degrades the soil. So the soil needs more spray to keep bacteria out. That way the soil doesn't get sick. Like It's this whole cycle that just makes itself worse.
1: Yeah, and it's just like it's a constant you know, a lot of the cycles in this in this um, documentary were were positive cycles, like the water cycle and all that stuff. When you when you get when you put good in, you get good out, and when you put bad in, you get bad out, and it's like a cycle that just continues and continues and repeats itself. Yeah. And uh, another important environmental takeaway I had was cows are not the problem. Um, I think Ian Somerhalder says that at some at some point in the movie. Um, but how they're handled is the issue so like if they're basically on like feed lots where they're not getting where they're not moving they're not going anywhere they're just literally getting fed and then staying within let's say a 15 to 20 foot radius of Mm -hmm. their whole lives well that's that's doing tremendous harm on the atmosphere um but when they are Allowed to graze. And when they step on the land, it that's what allows the soil to breathe, and it basically breathes in more CO2.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a really good point. My thing with cows, and they kind of brought this up, is like they aren't the problem, like you said, and they actually produce an awesome fertilizer for soil with their manure. But in the current system, cows produce so much methane, and that's why beef farming and dairy farming is not sustainable. So we either need to switch to a feed with more seaweed or other crops that reduce methane production, Mm. or there needs to be this entire agricultural shift to regenerative agriculture before we can go back and just say, yeah, cow farming at a massive scale is totally fine. And like you're saying, let them graze, let them eat crops that are more healthy for them. So their manure is more healthy for the soil Like that's how the ecosystem balances itself out. And I think the greater issue is factory farming yeah. because that's what's going to lead to that process. Like you just mentioned, where they're just kind of standing there waiting to get fed and that's all they do. It's just a money machine. Exactly. And you know what? This documentary really made
1: you think like, where am I getting my food from? And I think they really wanted you to think about why you buy the food that you do. And also they wanted to educate people on the importance of proper farming practices and and techniques and basically how if everyone did it the right way, we'd be in a much different situation than we are in right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing they talked about with producing food is that it takes about 3.5 times more nitrogen to grow grain now than it did in 1960. And you would think, you know, agriculture has advanced so much from then. We are going to have more efficient practices where it takes less nitrogen, but modern agriculture also relies on degraded soil because of soil erosion in the past and toxic spraying for decades. So, yeah, this did make me think about where is my food coming from and how is it grown and yeah. look, I definitely put a lot more weight into organic vegetables and farmers markets and you know, stuff like that where you know that they're they're taking care of their animals or their crops or whatever it is they're growing because if they take care of those animals and they take care of the soil and those plants and Everything that I'm eventually going to consume, it's going to take care of me too. Exactly. All right, Nick, before we take a break, can we talk about Tom Brady and Giselle's cameo? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we sure can.
0: Okay, I had no idea that they were in this or that it was coming at all. And I was like, huh, that kind of looks like Tom. Oh, wow, that's Giselle. Okay, that was Tom Brady. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they just show like Tom eating after they're talking about how important what he puts into his body is, which, you know, professional athlete, it makes sense. The man was simply eating way too slow to be a human. <laughs> like, there is absolutely no way that I will believe, like, the directors didn't say, hey, Tom, stare at the food a little bit before you eat it, because he was, like, from from fork to mouth, took multiple, multiple seconds.
1: Yeah, no, it, it was like a thousand frames before he he put the the utensil in his mouth. And also... I don't know what he was eating, but it looked disgusting. I'm sorry if you're eating right now, but it literally looked like kale or like some salad inside of a smoothie. That's just the TB12 method. And that's just disgusting <laughs> to me. Like th- it, was, it wasn't it was like in a, in a bowl. It was like a smoothie on like a plate, and then he had this salad on top of it. I was like, buddy, what are you doing? I mean, good for you. I mean, you're you've won
0: like six or seven Super Bowls, but whatever. He's in better shape at his age than I am now, so I can't really... I can't really question what he's eating, but I I will make fun of the way he ate it. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, a couple more questions to dive into.
1: Planet today is brought to you by Vala Alta's Everyday Handkerchief.
0: Vala Alta's Everyday Handkerchief is a high-performance daily-use handkerchief designed to help minimize your impact. Made in the United States from sustainably sourced Irish linen, capturing the material's historic craftsmanship and natural antimicrobial properties, handkerchiefs perfectly balance softness with durability and absorbency with rapid drying. Ideal for functional use in all settings, from the outdoors to routine encounters, their small and lightweight design makes one a must-carry for wherever life takes you. Build your own bundles from limited-edition colors at valalta.co and save 15% with code TPT at checkout. That's V-A-L-A-A-L-T-A.co and code TPT. Welcome back to The Planet Today. We are going to continue our conversation about Kiss the Ground on Netflix. Nick, what are some other things that you learned? So I learned
1: about regenerative farming, which I did not know anything about before this. Um, And how massive of a role it can play in actually fixing the climate crisis. I think that was one of the the biggest points in this movie, was really drilling that home that regenerative farming and taking care of our soil can fix the like our climate crisis and basically make us, you know, emission free.
0: Yeah, I had no idea what regenerative agriculture was. And the basic definition that I found online is that it's no till farming with no pesticides, with the added bonus of crop rotation and relying on keeping the soil healthy year in and year out. So I thought it was a really cool approach to making sure that the soil stays healthy and that you grow healthy food. Soil that isn't tilled will hold more water, which is going to help the plants grow more, which eventually creates more local rainfall, which I found super interesting because I didn't realize that local rain cycles account for 40% of our global rainfall. Like, that's significant. I had no idea that, you know, just by allowing more water to get stored in the soil through no-till methods is going to allow more evaporation, which is going to create more rain. Like it makes sense. I just needed someone to connect those dots. And I think this documentary did a good job of connecting those dots. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing about regenerative agriculture that makes sense to me is that it's going to have a ton of benefits because soil is this living organism and allowing the soil to be healthy is going to allow it to produce healthier crops. And to me, it kind of seems like the relationship between you know me or you eating and working out. If we eat better and have more nutrients coming into our body, we're going to feel a lot better when we exercise, when we go for a run, whatever it is we're doing. So that's how I kind of look at regenerative agriculture, where you take care of the soil so everything that goes into it is healthier. And the output, which in our case is working out, in their case is the plants that are growing out of it, is also going to have a much healthier output.
1: Yeah, and um, at one point in the documentary, they um, cut to... I mean, they cut to him a bunch of times. I think he was doing like a TED talk at one point. His name's Alan Savory, and he talks about holistic management and farming. And I think they go to his actual farm um, with Ian Somerhalder, and it's insane. Like the the growth and the the greenness of of his place. Like that was once a complete desert. Yeah. It was it was so cool to see. Like, hey, this is this is what regenerative agriculture is, and it works. Like, here's a, I am a living example
0: of it. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking of the soil as a living organism, I think is a really cool way to look at it because, you know, like we just said, there's so much going on within soil the same way that there's so much going on within our bodies. So if you treat it how you would treat your body, it's going to have a much greater impact than we might realize just without really putting much stock into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then another stat I wanted to bring up that they, that they talked about was by 2050, one billion people on Earth will be refugees due to climate change. Mm-hmm. I found that to be a seriously scary statistic, and one that should be a major wake-up call
0: for for everyone yeah. the The climate refugee crisis is is coming with sea level rise, with drought, you know there's a lot of different factors that play into it. And for some of it, it's going to be small island nations that are uninhabitable. For some places, it's going to be areas where it's so arid that they can't grow food to support their people. People are going to leave and people are going to need somewhere to go. And the climate refugee crisis is going to be something where the people who contributed the most are going to need to help the people who have been impacted the most, who are also the same people who have generally contributed the least to climate change. Whether or not that happens, we'll see. Um, I don't have a ton of faith in the in the system sometimes but yeah i mean this is something where we need to help the people who have had their lives upended by something that was kind of out of their hands yeah and just to kind of put that into numbers on friday's episode we talked about how the average person in the world emits 4 tons of co2 per year the average billionaire was what 8000 tons of co2 per year so we're talking about 2000 times more output which means that for every one billionaire, 2,000 people emit the same amount as, as them. So 2,000 people who have played a really insignificant role in the climate crisis are going to be offset by one person with many yachts or private jets or whatever it is. Like The climate refugee crisis is coming and it's something that we need to be empathetic as opposed to alarmed. Yeah, 100% two quick points I wanted to get into. Um, there was a scene where they talked about soil microorganisms and they make a carbon glue called glomalin and the glomalin basically makes pockets for air and water to flow. I found that super interesting. I really had no idea how that worked and how carbon sequestration works, but this is kind of how that process happens. So I knew soil stored carbon, um, that was really it. I couldn't explain it. But now I understand that carbon in the soil is what creates pockets for both air and water to flow and it just creates this ecosystem for all of the different bacteria and insects that live in the soil to grow and thrive and support each other. Really, really interesting. And I, I, I really appreciate this documentary for pointing that out to me.
1: Yeah, and, and also the fact that soil absorbs more CO2 than plants and the atmosphere combined—that mm-hmm. was an incredible stat to me too. Like we always talk about, like trees and how they, you know, they they breathe in the CO two and and blah blah blah. And to think that soil this whole time is has been like the main player, and I don't feel like I've mentioned it really much at all on this show—is is wild and and makes me think like, yeah, why are we not like putting all of our money towards this, like in towards putting like the correct practices. In place for for farmers in order to you know begin the process of of becoming uh, carbon neutral.
0: Yeah, and I mean it comes down to protecting the soils, protecting the trees, and protecting the oceans. Those are going to be our big three for soil sequestration. All right. So our last discussion question, Matt, is there anything else that you want to say about this film? Three things. I have a question. I have a comment, and I have a concern. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll do them in that order. Question. So healthy soils seem really achievable, really profitable through the practices covered in this documentary. But my question is, how practical is it? Let's say regenerative agriculture becomes a big global movement and you know tomorrow everyone's in. What do we need to get there? How long would it take? I don't know if that was covered. And if it was, I don't think it was covered well enough for me to remember, but I'm curious just how viable this strategy is.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they talk about it a little bit in the, um, the four per thousand initiative when they went to cop 21 and talked to, um, I don't remember the, the French guy's name, but yeah, yeah, they were talking about it with him and it basically the four per thousand initiative aims to boost carbon storage in agricultural soils by 0.4% each year to help mitigate climate change and increase food security. So we are what, six years, six years removed, from yeah, that. six yeah. years removed from that. And I can't, I can't say that we're, well, uh, well, first of all, we didn't sign the initiative. So that's, that's the first thing. The U S India and China didn't even sign the thing, um, who are the three biggest emitters.
0: I don't think they showed up. No, they didn't show up. They
1: didn't show up. Yeah. They
0: didn't even show up to the agreement or the talks. Yeah.
1: And they're the three biggest emitters in the world of, of um, carbon. So if we can't get those three to play, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to get anywhere, you know, in the, in this crisis.
0: Yeah. And look, like we said, that was six years ago though. Like, is that. Would would 4, or what is it, 0.4% per year, would that still make the same difference that it would have if we started this six years ago? Like, that's the the issue that I'm coming up with here. And I just, I love this idea of regenerative agriculture as a whole. I just need to know how practical it is, and I don't know if they really covered that. Yeah. Comment. I love Jason Mraz, so I was very excited that he made a cameo. I heard like one of those little guitar riffs, and I was like, "Ooh, I know that song!" And then he showed up. I was like, "Oh, nice." So, yeah, that's not very serious, but I, I like Jason Mraz.
1: <laughs> nice. I knew you were a Mraz guy, and I-, I saw him, and I was like, "Oh boy, he's gonna he's
0: gonna love this." He's not in like my top ten, but he's got some great tunes. Uh, he's always wearing a hat. He's always got like yeah. some crazy hat on. He's definitely Love a hat it. guy. It it takes a lot <laughs> to be able to pull that off. So, uh, good, good on him. Agreed. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to bring up is more of a concern and this is going to sound so nitpicky, but bear with me. Woody Harrelson kept calling bison Buffalo. And the first time I was like, huh, that's a weird mis- mistake, <laughs> but he kept doing it. And like, that's not a live show. They have post editing. They could have gotten that one right, and they just didn't. So when a documentary gets something like that wrong, it makes me very skeptical about the rest of it because what else wasn't being fact-checked?
1: <laughs> they're like, they're like Woody, it's fine. You could just keep saying buffalo. We'll get them next time,
0: buddy. Yeah, but I mean, buffalo live in Africa and Asia, and then bison live in Europe and North America. So we're talking about different animals, and he just kept getting it wrong. And I'm like, dude, like, this isn't a radio show where you make a mistake and no one's there to be like, Hey, let's do that one over. Yeah. So the fact (laughs) that no one fact checked it, I'm like, what else might have been, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too skeptical. No, I I see what you mean. I see what you mean. All right. Before we close things out for the day, same three questions that we close all of our reviews with Nick, what was the most impactful scene for you? Uh, I think the most impactful
1: scene was them showing the impact that a healthy land has on our climate. And they basically have like a side by side picture of um, basically just a straight desert. looks like New Mexico or or something like that. And the other one looks like a very like robust, lush, beautiful, lush farm. And it just shows like how drastic the temperatures can get. So on the on the left side, they have the desert gets up to about 110 during the day, and then 30 degrees at night. And on the um, on the right side, it was like. I think it was like 70 degrees and then at night gets down to 55 so it's just it it showed how big of an impact soil and and farming has on our temperatures on our climate on yeah you know our water supply all that stuff it affects everything so that was that was definitely a big one for me
0: yeah, for me, it was the scene where uh, Ray Archuleta shows the NASA map and it's carbon moving throughout the world. So you watch the carbon dioxide numbers go up during soil tilling, and then as the crops start to grow, it becomes less and less apparent. And you know, it's it's a heat map, so you see it start to shift from red to blue. And seeing that map made a huge impact on me because it's one thing to read data, look at charts, whatever. Yeah, seeing this map change. I found very, very impactful. Definitely. It was, and like, I'm sure for the farmers
1: in that room that that Archuleta was speaking to, it's like, oh shoot, like, wow, we are are really doing some damage, (laughs) huh? Like (laughs) if I was in that room, I'd feel really bad.
0: Yeah, agreed. All right, question number two. What was your key takeaway for this documentary as a whole? I think that we all need to shift to
1: focusing on soil, like if we all focus on farming and soil, not only will it make our foods more nutrient dense, and and save our climate. What you put into the ground, you get paid back for at some point. Yeah. So that's that's basically my key takeaway: is everything that every action that you do, as a farmer or whatever the case may be, has a a much bigger effect on all of the goods you produce from your farm. The animals that you have on your farm and the people who eat your food.
0: Yeah, I had a very similar takeaway. Um, I I thought Woody Harrelson kind of summed it up really well for me. He said at one point, switching to renewable energies is critical, but it doesn't remove carbon from the atmosphere. And by taking care of the soils, they sequester more carbon and we can lower the carbon that's already been emitted. So, a little bit different approach here. I'm going to say, instead of oh, we need to switch to taking care of the soils. I'm going to say it's not a we need to do this and not do that argument. It's more of a, hey, both of these are really, really important pieces of this puzzle. And look, we need to figure out this puzzle ASAP.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, and then factor in oceans, too. Like we mentioned, you know, two weeks ago, like they're all pieces that are all parts of it. And yeah,
1: no, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. All right. And the last question, Maddie. on a scale of wouldn't recommend to I loved it. What would you rate Kiss the Ground?
0: I would say I enjoyed it. Uh, there were a few parts I would need to do some more research on. But yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was it was good. It seemed backed by some pretty good science. And I thought the presentation was great. It was it was very engaging. Yeah. Um, and, and entertaining, which is important.
1: Exactly. That, that was mine as well. It's just like I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was very good, very easy to watch. Like you said, engaged. I I didn't check my phone once. I was I was watching the whole time. I thought it was very interesting. Um, the science, like you said, seemed good. Um, I I don't know enough to be like to discredit anything, um, but to me, it seemed like a pretty good argument in um, in like why we should
0: focus on our soils. Anytime you pull out the NASA maps, I'm like yeah nasa is very very uh (laughs) credible so this is probably good yeah agreed all right that'll do it for today's episode of tpt we will be back on friday for some more quick hits
1: yes and make sure to follow along on our socials at planet today pod for clips from the show and an exclusive quick hit matt is doing every single week
0: validate us please All right, for the planet today, I am Nick Janusa. And I am Matt Norton. See you on Friday. Peace.